All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life around the table today. We have Pastor Jonathan Benhugan from Day Spring Reform Church. Glad you're here today, brother. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. <laughs> you're one of the hosts. What do you mean, thanks for inviting you? Um, where can people uh, find you on the interweb? Uh, that would be dayspringboise.com. Okay. Are, are you? What book are you in the middle of preaching right now? Judges. Well, we're just finishing up Judges, okay. um, so uh, we'll be so you're doing about to unveil a whole new series. A new series, yeah, uh, so. you know, we'll probably uh, do a little summer psalms and then uh, hit uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Excellent. And then Pastor Russ Herman, one of the other hosts on this glorious program from Cloverdale Reformed Church. It's good to be here. Where can people find you on the interweb? Why are you texting? He's I, looking it he's up. He's looking it up. He's trying to remember the address. I, I, have no, I have no idea. I think it's cloverdaleurc.org. I think you're Just right. Just type in Cloverdale Reform Church and you'll find yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Do a Google search. That's what I do to find my own church. <laughs> no, well, I was good looking that it comes something up. else up for you. Yeah, so. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, uh, And then Ryan Hiphill from Treasure Valley Reform Presbyterian Church. Glad you're here. Thanks for having me. What is that? awful shirt that you're wearing this glorious shirt is a kansas jayhawk shirt <laughs> 2022 Rock, national basketball champions oh is that yeah. is that why you got it well okay. no i i went to school there graduated oh. from there i thought you went to some uh, okay i i i, I can see it never mind i, I retract i retract okay. uh where can people find you on the interweb uh the church website is boise reform presbyterian.com excellent all right well we've been talking about covenant theology the last couple days and um i actually think there's some helpful hooks to help us remember covenant theology kevin DeYoung uh gave a, a teaching on this in a book called covenant theology uh, biblical theological and historical perspectives so imagine we're sitting in a restaurant together and we pull out the napkin right and we start doodling on the napkin covenant theology is really as easy as one two three or the way that kevin DeYoung teaches it three one two so there are essentially three covenants there is only one covenant of grace and there are two ways of, of existing in this one covenant. So three, one, two, three covenants, one covenant of grace, two ways of existing in this one covenant. So let's just first of all tackle the three covenants. So the covenant of works, the covenant of grace, and the covenant of redemption. So let's first talk about the covenant of works. Where is it at in scripture? What is it? And what benefit is it for us to know about the covenant of works? Genesis 1 and 2. That's, mean, where, that, that's, that's where, where that's, that's the where, where between yeah. God and Adam. So it was a um, you know when God had created Adam and put him in the garden, he he commanded him to be fruitful and you know to multiply. He needed to be fruitful and multiply, and then he told him he could eat of any tree of the garden except for this one. And uh, the punishment was uh, for disobedience was death. So those were the covenant the stipulations and the now, parties there. Yeah, sometimes people refer to the covenant of works as the covenant of creation or the covenant of life. It, it, you know, um, people maybe don't like the idea of covenant of works, but it truly was. It was a this was do this and live. This was the responsibility, and this is the covenant that all humanity is still under. Um, you know, you're you're obligated to that covenant and and maybe it would be helpful to to recognize that the relationship that god entered into with adam was not just simply 
with Adam, it was Adam and all that would follow. Mm-hmm. Right. And the book of Galatians and the book of Romans, I think, is very helpful in this regard, Galatians 3, Romans 5, to help us understand that Adam represented not just himself as an individual in this covenant of works, he represented all those that would come from him, all humanity. Um, we call that that he was a federal head. Um and so this idea of a covenant with Adam, um, some people will call it an Adamic um, covenant, covenant of life, covenant of works, however you want to refer to it. I don't care about the label. But Scripture, I think, is pretty clear that God established a relationship with Adam that was binding not just to him, but to all that came after him. And it's mm-hmm. interesting where people will say, well, I don't see the, I don't see the word covenant there. Well, um, the word covenant is isn't there. Although in the prophets in Hose in the book of Hosea, um, it's clearly uh, referencing that covenant uh, with Adam. It says in Hosea six seven, but like Adam, they transgressed the covenant. There they dealt faithlessly with me. So God is saying he had a covenant with Adam. Uh, people are still uh, dealing faithlessly with him mm-hmm. and violating that that covenant. The word covenant is not there, that's for sure. However, all the ingredients of the covenant right, are right. there. Mm-hmm. The parties, God, Adam and his posterity, the stipulations, uh uh, you can eat from any tree, um, blessings, a, a blessings uh, and don't eat from this tree or or curse. And so all the ingredients, it's right. just like it's like the objection that would, someone would say, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, that's true, but all the ingredients are right. are, are there. And yeah. so, okay, so what benefit is it for us to know about the covenant of works? What difference does this make in our understanding of Scripture and Christian life? Can I just back up and talk about this whole covenant of works idea? So God comes into the to the garden, says to Adam, um, Genesis 2, and the Lord com- commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And so some people will say, well, there is no promise of life given. There's just a threatening of death. Well, I, I think the implication is if – I'm, I'm giving you a commandment, and if you don't obey, you will die. I think the implication that is is very much natural to the text is, well, with obedience comes life. And there is also a tree of life in the garden. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Which, and that was barred once which, they fell. Yeah, once they sinned. They so I, I don't think, I guess I'm just bringing this up because I'm. I'm sometimes people will say that we're over-reading the text. Right. I don't think that's a fair accusation. I, I think how we're reading the text is is how it would be read um, in a natural way. Like, of course, if you're talking to your children and you say, now, if you do this, then we won't end up going to the fair. Yeah. Right. Well, you you just actually gave a promise to your kids, but you just phrased it in the negative way. Yeah. But there is a positive phraseology of that that – if you are okay, we are going to the fair. Yeah, yes. um, and I think that's how Genesis is reading. It's it was written after the fall. Yeah, and so it, it read with the implications of how did we get to where we are today? Well, we got to where we are today because he did eat, mm-hmm. and 
he did surely die. Mm -hmm. In what way? And that impacts us today because we are still under that, the effects of that fall, Mm -hmm. the effects of that breaking the disobedience of Adam and not keeping that covenant works. And uh, so when we are, we're born and we're, we're conceived into this covenant that we have broken because Adam as our representative broke it. And some people may say, well, that's not fair. It's like, well, on the flip side, as we get to the covenant of grace, you know, God's response to that or his plan all along has been to immediately he entered into a covenant of grace with man. And the culmination of that was Jesus coming, dying on the cross, fulfilling the covenant works for us. And so that by grace, we can be stand before God by his declaration that we are those who have kept the covenant. Because not because we have, but because Jesus, our representative, has. Yeah. So in both instances, there's this representative. There's either yeah. Adam in the garden or the second Adam, Jesus Christ. I think the covenant works um, really helps clarify the requirements of the gospel. So for those who don't um, embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, the only other option is for them to obey the law of God perfectly. So when Jesus was talking to the rich young man, you know, uh, what what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Jesus, breeding his mail, started listing off all the commandments, essentially saying, well, if, if you're going to not embrace me as Savior, here are the requirements, follow these laws. And essentially, it's, it's he, God doesn't grade on a curve. Adam uh, fell when he sinned you know, by disobeying God just one time. So the covenant of works is really helpful to know because what God requires is absolute perfection in order to be in a relationship with him. Absolute perfection. That's what's required. And we're still underneath that covenant of works, but not with the sense of in the same way as Adam, where Adam did have an opportunity to fulfill the covenant of works. He was not born a sinner. He was born as one that did not have... uh, and he was, yeah, what was, he was, was that created? <laughs> he was created with a nature that didn't have an inclination. Mm-hmm. We are born with a nature that is sinful. Yep. So we do not even have the opportunity to fulfill the covenant of works. It's not even on the table. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is the only way. It still has to be fulfilled. But it has to be fulfilled. Yeah. yeah. Right. We start we're, out in the negative. We're going to be saved by works, whether it's. And obviously, it's not going to be our works. It has to be another. It has to be Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that was when, I mean, when Jesus in his ministry, John chapter 6, the people are asking him, you know, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And that was basically what must we do to be saved. And his response is, the work of God is to believe in him whom he has sent. Yeah. So it's through faith in Christ by his grace that we are keepers. And Romans 10, like if you want to see these, and we'll get into the covenant of grace more tomorrow, but if you want to see the covenant of work side by side with the covenant of grace, go to Romans 10. Because Paul says, well, here's here's the first way, do this and live. And then here's the second way, which is he who confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart that Jesus uh, was raised from the dead will be saved. And so the two covenants um, are set side by side and, and really in several different places of Scripture. But um, let's let's plug our conference before we finish for the day. And I, I've been waiting to make fun of you. I hope Uh-oh. you know that. 
Because while you hey, were gone, I don't think it's right for you to to make fun of Jonathan. <laughs> I, I, I think, think this I, is I, another perfect yeah, example yeah, of yeah. the breaking yeah, where, of the covenant where, of works. Where his eyes and, are going? Uh, yeah. I, 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 think, I think that's inappropriate. So I I I would say don't do that. But our conference is coming up. Let, let me just jump in defense of Russ too. You know, it's like um, our conference is coming up, and it is on the the church. Um, we have two men coming, Dr. Derek Thomas and Dr. Joel Beakey. And the the title of the conference is, Oh, Church Arise. I think it's just a, a wonderful conference title. Um, and those brochures and posters are coming soon, so we're very excited about that. October 21st and 22nd. Um, oh, Church Arise. Yeah. And all the information, I believe, is up to date on ReformationBoise.com. Yep. And you can register right now. Yep. It's um, free. It sure. is free. Now, you can't be the first one to register because that was me. <laughs> but you can. Did you, Now, I, have you guys registered yet? Yes. I think okay, I was good, like the 10th one, maybe. Jonathan? Uh, the, the first shall be last. The last shall be first. <laughs> Russ, did you I, register I yet? I have not yet, but I will by because next week. Because you couldn't get the first one. I spot. couldn't get the first one. And He's still stewing about that. Yeah, I was waiting. Well, because he he was the first one like last year, and he you know he he brought that those bragging rights into the studio. So I'm just, I re- um returning was kind waiting of. for the official theme. We have a theme. It's O Church Arise. And so once that came, I'm like, oh, I'm all in. Yep. So now I'll now I'll go and register. Okay, so uh, the great thing about this conference is not only do we get to hear great um, speakers, but also um, Pastor Russ has been buying books up um, for the last uh, several months. You're going to get great prices on books. Um, you're going to worship with saints from other congregations. You're going to eat some great food. It's going to be a great time. Don't forget to register. ReformationBoise.com. We'll see you next time. 